0: Learn how at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1632. Why my 77% savings rate means nothing by Paula Pant of affordanything.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I narrate posts from thought leaders in personal finance every single day of the year in 10 minutes or less. If you're someone who wants to keep good personal finance practices top of mind, but you don't have the time to read all the various blogs out there, then this is the show for you. And if you like this idea of reading blogs to you for free, it'd be great if you could share this podcast with someone today. You can email or text someone a link to oldpodcast.com or even better, if you're able to subscribe them to the podcast right on their smartphone. That would be greatly appreciated. But for now, let's get to today's post as we optimize your life. Why my 77% savings rate means nothing by Paul Pant of AffordAnything.com Finance nerds have strange habits. Here's one of mine. Once a year, I lock myself in a room with nothing but a laptop, spreadsheet, and boatloads of determination. The mission? Decipher my savings rate. Am I saving 30% of my income? 40%? 60%? As longtime readers might recall, my then-partner, now X and I, saved half of our income in 2012. We did this by following one simple rule. Pretend that we're a one-income couple live entirely on one partner's salary, and invest 100% of the others after taxes. Since we earned roughly the same amount, we ended up investing about 50% of our income in 2012. In 2013, we didn't follow any strict rules about spending from one bank account or the other, but both of our earnings escalated, and I suspected this might translate into a turbocharged savings rate. After all, the best way to fast track your savings is by earning more and saving every dime of that extra income. I crunched the numbers and made two shocking discoveries. We have a 77% savings rate and that statistic is meaningless. Here's why that factoid is and how to find a metric that really matters. Measure the metric that matters. I don't want to wax philosophical, at least not too much. But before this conversation can continue, we need to discuss an important question. How do you define savings? Is saving the absence of spending? Is it the money remaining at the end of the month? Or is it cash that's set aside for a specific goal? If so, does the timeline of that goal matter? Does it qualify as savings if the goal is five years away, five months? Five days, what's the cutoff? Furthermore, does the content of the goal matter? Are certain goals like retirement more worthwhile? What about world travel? Is this a worthy goal or a frivolous expense? You can see where the definition of savings gets hazy. Here's the crux of the problem. Savings is money that you're setting aside for the future, which means that savings is deferred spending. When you save money, you're saying, I'll spend this later. But spending later won't get you closer to financial freedom. There's a better metric that we can track, one that's even more important than savings. We'll come back to that metric in a moment. But first, back to my meaningless savings rate. This issue arose during a conversation with a friend who happens to work as a financial planner. We were chatting about income. Yeah, I'm a fun conversationalist. And he asked how much I had saved in the past year. I took out my laptop, showed him the spreadsheet, and drew a blank. Because here's what it says. HSA, 4%. Cash, pay cash for two cars, 16%. Cash, account one, 7%. Cash, account two, 1%. Cash, account three, 4%. Cash, account four, 4%. Roth IRA, 7%. Roth Solo 401k prior year, 10%. Roth Solo 401k current year, 10%. Extra mortgage payments, 14%. Total savings plus investments is 77%. Did you hear that second line item? Pay cash for two cars. Last year, both of us paid cash for our cars. I bought a five-year-old Honda Civic. He bought a seven-year-old Acura. So is this savings because we saved enough money to buy cars in cash? Or is this spending because we spent the money on cars? It's savings, my financial planner friend remarked. Spending is month to month. I contemplated that remark for a long time. I'm not sure if I agree. But then it doesn't matter because within those reflections, I realized we're discussing the wrong metric. Savings won't bring you financial freedom. Investing will. That's the metric we should track. Saving is awesome, but investing creates freedom. Savings are great. They help you pay for big-ticket items like cars, graduate school, medical bills, world travel, and a wedding. But savings alone won't help you achieve financial independence. Savings is a feel-good word that means, I'll spend this money later. While that's great for buying big-ticket stuff, it won't move the needle on creating your life's freedom. It won't help you reach the retire early. Investing, on the other hand, allows you to supercharge your net worth. So. I need to throw away my so-called savings rate and focus on my investing rate. I tighten those line items into a more condensed version. Here's the breakdown. Cash, 32%. Retirement, 28%. Health savings, 4%. Extra mortgage payments, 14%. Let's attack this. Cash represents money that will morph into refrigerators, washing machines, and other junk that doesn't command a return. Sure, these purchases are important. I need a fridge to keep my food cold, but it won't move the needle. Let's throw it out. Next, let's go back to health savings. Prior to a few months ago, I would have thrown out that line for the same reason. This money will get spent on wisdom tooth extractions and blood tests. Those are important expenses for sure, but our mission is to track financial freedom. But then I learned how to hack your HSA. Leave money inside the account so it can grow tax deferred pay out of pocket for medical costs, conceptualize the HSA as a bonus retirement account. Brilliant idea. I can't believe I didn't think of that. So my total retirement investing rate is retirement, 28%, health savings, 4%, total retirement, 32%. Next come the extra mortgage payments. I'm paying down my rental properties so they'll produce even stronger passive income. Extra principal payments comprised 14% of my income last year. Extra mortgage payments, 14%. What happens when we add these figures? Retirement, 28%. Health savings, 4%. Extra mortgage payments, 14%. Investing rate, 45%. Now we're hearing the metric that matters. We're focused on investing, not savings. And that moves the needle. You just listened to the post titled Why My 77% Savings Rate Means Nothing by Paula Pant of AffordAnything.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. USPS Ground Advantage, Simple, Affordable, Reliable. Wow, I absolutely loved this article. I've never heard anyone describe savings as deferred spending, but it makes so much sense. And I think at the crux of this issue is that many of us use the words saving and investing interchangeably. Many people will say that they're saving for retirement when they're actually investing through a 401k. We can dismiss it as semantics, but I agree with Paula that the distinction is important. Saving for big ticket items is a valuable skill set that will allow you to buy the things you want while avoiding debt, but it won't make you wealthy. The key to building wealth is to buy assets and let your money work harder than you ever could by growing through the power of compound interest. Cash sitting in a bank account can provide security in the form of an emergency fund, for example, But money growing in an investment account is where your financial freedom lives. Reading this article reminds me of something that I've come to learn about money. It's only as valuable as your clarity on how you're going to use it and your comfort level of how much is enough. The money you are saving for deferred spending benefits from having clarity, and the money you're investing can lead to financial freedom as long as it eventually feels like enough. And that will do it for today. Have a great day and weekend. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.